It's time once again for another episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Being brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. And now, here's your host for today's episode. Well, good morning. Good morning, Buckhead. We are here live in the studio today overlooking this billion-dollar view right by Lenox Mall, right on one of the most famous streets in the world called Peachtree. It's Michael Moore, your host today, and I've got Rich Casanova working on the buttons and being our co-host today. And today, we've got a phenomenal lineup for you. Well, it's not a lineup. It's a one-shot. We've got a chance to and an opportunity to learn about what it really feels like to be a TED speaker. So we're going to talk about TED, TED speaking today opportunity. We're going to talk about what happens when your wife stays home and you have to come down and do the inter- interview. <laughs> Angela's not with us today, but this was a team, and I want to tell you a little bit about that story later. And lastly, the fact is we've got a national speaker in the room today, so let's, uh, let's pay particular homage. But, boy, go, being on a TED Talk, that is just amazing. And we're going to talk about mindfulness, too, which is one of the things that all executives are concerned about. And I don't know about you out there, but if you've got grandchildren or wives or anybody else, you better be mindful of what they're saying because mm-hmm. they're creating a new story every day that you're, you're part of. So this, this day we've got Dennis Butner, uh, Button, Buttoner, who's going to be with us uh, talking about the, uh, the subjects. But I want to start out, Dennis, let's share with the audience out there here in Buckhead and uh, the Buckhead Business Show a little bit about your background and your experience. And I know you're one of those transitioned post-millennials. <laughs> so <laughs> well, share with us that well, experience and walk that made you a mindful well, person and well, brought you where you are today. Yeah, thank you. I am a full-on uh, baby boomer. I have to say that, absolutely. Well, I'm delighted uh, to be here, first of all. Thank you so much for uh, having me, Michael, and it's great to be part of the Buckhead Business Association uh, and uh, in this interview. And so today, I uh, just wanted to share a little bit about yeah, my background, my wife and I are with Atlanta Center for Mindfulness and Well-Being. We're partners here in, in Buckhead. And, uh, you know, I started out young wanting to be a helper and uh, went through school, got a graduate degree in counseling, and I've worked for decades now with individuals and organizations. And the main thing that I'm trying to do that gives me the most satisfaction is helping individuals and organizations to to transcend their stress, to transform it, to feel better, and moreover, to be happier and more productive. So, well, we're all we're all trying to do that in life, and there's so many interruptions. We're going to talk about that mindful process we all go through. And I, one of the things I think I mentioned to you earlier on was I'm absolutely amazed at the attention we're putting toward mindfulness. So, talk about kind of they just start out and lay a, lay a groundwork for the basis of folks who are. Maybe haven't stood in the grocery store, as I did just a few weeks ago, and read that there's now three magazines about mindfulness. That's right. Three full magazines that are being sold throughout our country. So people are really becoming aware. And you, you just were ahead of the trend, weren't you? Well, maybe a little <laughs> bit, Michael. You know, this, this actual uh, practice, much of it is a couple thousand years old, but it's gotten more attention and play lately because stress is just such, at a, it's such an all-time high in our society and in our world. And mindfulness actually is a very simple concept. It's simply coming into the present moment over and over again, practicing acceptance and non-judgment. So it's the realization that the point of power is always in the present moment. You know, the mind thinks, you know, it's estimated 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And most of those are looping thoughts. And you'll never guess where most of those play out. They're either in the future 
or in the past. And what gets squandered is the present moment. And that's the only actual place that you have power. That's right. So, so you're in that grocery line, Michael, and, and you know, you notice the magazines, but you also may notice that you're stuck in a slow line. Well, what do you do with that? You know, do you, do you get frustrated? Do you deny the reality of it? Or do you come into the present moment and breathe and, you notice where you are and what you can do about well, it. Without I mention, that's why I was reading the magazines. I was in the present <laughs> moment. <laughs> I understand. I understand. That's right. I de-stressed. Well otherwise, that lady would got pushed right out of the line in front of me. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you've used now twice the term stress to bring back away from the thought of the, the mindful consideration. Is stress really that big of a problem in America today? Well, it is. It's the number one health epidemic in the United States. And the World Health Organization, if we go beyond the United States, World Health Organization says by the year 2020, which just a couple of years from now, really, stress, anxiety, and depression will be the number one disability in the world. Wow. So that is really significant. And, you know, it's not, you know, we think of that in, in a general way, but we also take it into, for example, corporate. In corporate, it, it's a big issue. Seventy-five percent of employees report that you know, stress is greatly impacting their personal and professional lives. In fact, it's so serious that one out of 12 has considered suicide. So it's actually the opposite of mindfulness that we're dealing with in our culture. I'm glad we only have four people in the room, so no one's considering suicide. <laughs> right. We're not the critical mass. That's Holy right. smoke, one out of 12 in business, corporate areas, or whatever. That, that means stress is a pretty important factor. So how, how do people begin to differentiate the difference between their personal lives, their professional lives, and just the things that get in their way of their lives. Well, it is a challenge because so, you know, more and more organizations are coming into the idea of work-life balance. But that's a challenge because people don't turn off between home and work and between work and home. So those problems and issues that are going on at home come to work and those things at work go home with them. And so, you know, we work with a lot of mindfulness tech techniques. Some of them are very basic, like, you know, breathing and being in the present moment and focusing on your body, et cetera. Uh, but it's, it's basically trying to be where you are, whether you are at home or whether you're at work. Just like be here now, in other words, would be the instructions. And, and that does help relieve the stress. It's not a panacea. It doesn't make everything, you know, all perfect. But it does help you have that power. Well, now... That quote, being in the moment, there is so it is so easy to just, uh, I think the term used to be uh, zone out. Yeah. Uh, isn't that a danger? It's a big danger. And you, you can see it on the, on the interstates driving around that people are quite <laughs> I zoned that, out. I thought that was texting. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Texting on the phone or just plain, you know, sometimes people are just out there just in that zone. They're, they're zoned out, not, uh, not aware of what's around them. They're having you know, an argument at home or they're anticipating problems at work. So, you know, they're stuck somewhere else and they're not actually, for all intents and purposes, in the car. But we could apply that anywhere. Well, it's true. Now, you know, what are some tips that you can use in different parts of your life where you can make a difference, uh, make a change? Well, the, the, the salient point that I'd want to make is, you know, self-awareness. Now, m mindfulness encourages uh, awareness. That's one of the primary uh, tools or ideas, principles that we use is being aware of where you are and who you are and what you're going through. So you can, you know, notice your breathing. You can notice your thoughts. You know, I'm getting really 
you know, stressed out, angry, whatever it is, and being able to be with that and let it play out a little bit, sort of, so as a tip, realizing, you know, you're having all these thoughts, but you're not actually your thoughts. They're just like clouds passing by, but sometimes we over-identify with them, right? Uh, same with emotions. You can have the emotions, yes, but you don't want to get stuck in it. So it's a lot of it, Michael, is coming back to like breathing, being really, really there, really in that in that moment. Um, how do the people around you determine that you have changed state, as we say? What, what do you do to hmm. make them aware of your needs? That's a really good point. Um, I, I would say, you know, as you practice your own self being in the moment, so, you know, in mindfulness, one of the chief mechanisms or structures we use is meditation because you're teaching your mind how to behave. Uh, the, <laughs> the mind will jump all over the place. It'll think, you know, you close your eyes and it thinks I put gas in the car and changed my oil or did I call my sister? It thinks all kind of things. Uh, so you train your mind to be more present. Well, that then affects your relationships and people can see that. And you're better able to say, this is what I need, and also recognize what the other person needs. So that you're you're going back to the old traditional needs and wants approach. So I, what I heard you say, and I don't want to jump at it right in a minute, but is communications mm-hmm. of that two way communications, or in the case of uh, you talking to yourself before you talk to someone else, it's really three way communication. Right? That's right, indeed. So indeed. talk about how you begin to change and pattern your relationships, because I know you are a relationship coach. You and mm-hmm. your wife have done a great job at. Working with people individually, I think Angela's probably done a great job on you. She has. She most certainly has. <laughs> so, so talk a little about that experience as you begin to make people aware and see the result in their awareness, because that's critical. Yeah. Uh, You're making a great point, Michael, and it's a great question. People in relationships a lot of times will get stuck in a what we call a core conflict, where they'll go around in a circular way, and they're not really understanding their part of the dance. So a relationship is a dance. And uh, you get stuck in that sometimes, and you go over and over the same thing. He does that, she does that, et cetera, et cetera. True in business, too. You go round and round. But then, through the beauty of mindfulness, you realize, oh, I can actually shift something. I can alter something about myself, and that will impact that dance. It will have an effect on it. So it's, again, that awareness of, you know, what I'm doing, but also being really aware of what the person's saying in that moment. So it's not those, you know, hundred things they did before, but it's where they are right that minute and trying to really hear what they're saying. And that's something that we really don't do a lot of in our, in our society is mindful listening. You know, we, we do talk, we do all do a lot of talking, but the listening is really, really key. That's in fact, the biggest thing people want, want is to be heard. Well, now, we've kind of talked more about this kind of peer-to-peer relationship for a moment and a lot about personal relationships, you know. But now let's move over a little bit and talk about the relationship between boss and, and subservient or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or spouse and, and, and child. Yeah. As we're observing things that happen around us, how do we positively impact that? How do we begin to show people where that little, I'll call it a little bit of medicine for mind, mindfulness could be created. Mm-hmm. And so talk about what you've seen in the marketplace yeah. as you've practiced every day on this on a daily basis. Absolutely. And we've, I would start off by saying that we can be the light for other people. So in other words, people are, are you going to believe what people say or what they do, you know, and if you are emulating and you're modeling, you know, being calm and clear and 
present and caring and all of these things, then people see that and it translates whether it is at work or whether it's at home. But in the workplace, we see that leaders who practice this, there's, a, there's an actual term for this called emotional intelligence, and that is being aware of what the other person's going through, what you're going through, and being able to read people, being able to work with them, and, 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 and honestly being really mindful about that interaction. And so knowing that people want to be heard, sometimes that can really change things. If, and I'm not just putting it on the leaders. I would just say that would, that's also true of employees. It's true of, of, of spouses, uh, being able to really uh, understand what other people are going through. You mentioned emotional intelligence. That's one of those buzzwords in, mar- in market society today that we want to be <clears throat> aware mm-hmm. of what's going on around us. But I want to I twist that just a little bit because we, we, we don't realize many times that relationships are not always peer-to-peer. We talked a little bit about that. But talk about how the, how the emotional intelligence uh, quotient, I think is the right mm-hmm. word, uh, relates to how you impact the relationship <clears throat> regardless whether it's up or down, sideways or, or down, or down, down. <laughs> Absolutely, because we've probably all thought of seeing examples where somebody uh, seems to be a little bit deluded in a relationship. They're not listening. They're not present. They're, they're not getting what the other person's saying. Um, but again, you see that in, in, in organizations and in families, too. And so it's that real, it's that ability to cue in, to, to read, not just what a person is saying, but their nonverbals too, and to be able to then use that in a constructive way back. So in other words, you're looking at this other person, you're thinking about what they're saying and needing, and you know, you can't always meet their needs, yes, but you know, again, just being really right there with them really does help, and it's thought to to really create some good harmony. Well, it's interesting, you, the emotional awareness, uh, but you just hit back on that subject. We always hear that 97% of all that communication is nonverbal. Yeah. So, you know, how on earth are we surviving with all this texting and all the different things that relate to communications which aren't face-to-face? They're absentee Facebook yeah. posts, as I will call it. That's right. <laughs> You're making a great point, Michael. It is a challenge in our society because technology is a blessing. But it's also a bane. So, I mean, you literally could step out here. And we have a beautiful here in the, a view here in the studio. But you could step out there. And before I walked in, I saw many, many people walking face down, looking at their phones, texting <laughs> and, and so forth. So, 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 so people, uh, you know, again, the blessing part is, gosh, we can access information and communication very quickly and all the blessings of that. But to the downside is people isolate and, you know, there's one study that says if, if you've been on Facebook for more than 20 minutes, although Facebook's a, a good mechanism, uh, if you've been on there for more than 20 minutes, over time, it's going to negatively impact your mental health. Right. You're, you're gonna, your effectiveness is going to decline. Well, I, I'm going to take that as a point. I'm going to be looking for the crack in the sidewalk now as we, as we <laughs> move right, down Michael. the way. So let's take a crack in the sidewalk right okay. here today and take a little bit of a break and give the, the Buckhead Business Association a, a credit for it being a co-host of this show, the co-sponsor of this show, and I'm honored always to present uh, the BBA to folks here in, in the Buckhead community because it uh, it is on that street called Peachtree. It is a very special place to us, but we have a monthly monthly uh, great format of folks. We have a, uh, an after-hours on the third week of each month, typically, at one of our fine restaurants. We have a uh, 
the other three weeks, uh, the other three Thursday mornings, we have a breakfast event, 7 to 9, over at the City Club of Buckhead, where you can get some good information. And, and I think uh, <laughs> we may have even heard the uh, president of Cinnabon this morning was there. He, he gave us some great information about how many calories are in the Cinnabon, right? <laughs> or something of that nature. But you don't want to miss it because you'll, you'll meet people and you'll learn things that you won't have an opportunity to do unless you participate here in Buckhead on a weekly basis. And we're proud to be a part of an old organization that's been around for in 65 years. We're moving into the 66th year and doing a great job. We've got a taste of Buckhead business coming up, which will be a phenomenal event. So go to the site called BuckheadBusiness.org. Take a look at what's going on, and I hope to see you there one of those mornings. So now this morning in the studio... We're, we've got David, uh, Dennis, excuse me, not David, David was last hour. We've got Dennis this hour. It's okay, you can call me anything but late for dinner. Yes, that's right. Well, we're going to put some calm into it now because I didn't mention earlier, you are a published author. You and your wife, Angela, have produced a great book, and I, lo- I love the title, Calm. Could I get it two dozen of those, please? <laughs> Absolutely. Here's your one copy. And, and let, let's focus on that a little uh, bit and talk about what brought you to bring this book to the process because you are a practitioner and you've seen a lot of things occur. Yeah. And you've, uh, you've, you've got some probably some scars and some Band-Aids left. <laughs> Absolutely. Indeed. And that's why we wrote it, Michael, was because of our both our personal and professional experience. And it was a labor of love. And we, you know, people had asked us for years, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And we probably all could could write a book if we think of our stories. But for us, we thought, well, we want to do this in, ve- in a very simple format where we can have these short, self-contained chapters where people could open to any uh, chapter and access some thoughts and guidance and, and wisdom, if you will, for the day. And, you know, we've just been very touched by people, you know, in different parts of the country that will email us or contact us and say, gosh, this book did this or that for us. And um, so, you know, it, it's based on what we've seen with a lot of people over a lot of years, really, really when you get down to it, decades. Well, one of, as you say, you can just pick any chapter and find something that's appropriate. <laughs> Uh, sometimes we don't have enough humor in our life. What's that's that story right. about? How well, many, how many, how many uh, smile nerves or uh, smile muscles are in our face? <laughs> uh, how much uh, a little bit of laugh will do for your whole personality? But here Absolutely. it is: humor and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. A person without a sense of humor is like a wagon without springs. It's jolted by every pebble in the road. Indeed, Oof. indeed, absolutely. That's, humor, humor is key, Michael. In fact, it's something I'm passionate about because I even teach it to cancer patients. And they and it really helps. And there's a lot of physical reasons why you do it and all too. But in, in terms of mental health, it's very good. You know, we oftentimes take ourselves too seriously. And and you know, we have to be serious in our world and pay attention to what we're doing and and our goals and all of that. But but we also have to hold it loosely. And so, you know, being able to laugh at ourselves gives us a a different perspective, doesn't it? You think about those times where you've laughed well you still may have the same problems and issues, but you just feel a little bit lighter. And by the way, it's a great mindfulness technique because think about the last time you were really laughing hard. You, you know, you probably weren't <laughs> thinking about, oh, I got to pay this bill or what about this issue over here, right? Oh, I have an exact experience that involves someone here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't laughed as hard as I did that ever. <laughs> but, you know, the whole factor is taking the stress off, and that does, certainly does. A humor will do that. To, uh, planning to have a little laugh in your day, you know. Absolutely. Uh, 
gosh, how many? What, somebody in the studio. Did anybody have one of those thousand elephant joke books anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just just thinking about things in the in the past that have brought you pleasure brings you back. But you're right. Your book, Calm, here with all the different processes. Now I know this is available on Amazon. When did you write this book? Uh, we actually wrote it in 2011, okay. and we're getting request to do a second book that we're looking at and uh, hope to have that out later this year and it the the first part of that uh, will be called breathe whereas this one is <laughs> calm choosing to live mindfully uh, but yeah just even if you hear the word breathe it causes people to relax a little bit you know so this is calm and the next book is breathe is that what you that's say? right <laughs> <laughs> well you know the titles mean a lot to us but you know being able to get to you personally i know you uh, you and your wife are national speakers you speak around the country on your subjects and uh, mm-hmm. as we as we wrap up this segment part we're going to go back and talk a little bit about your your real fun thing which has happened in the last few uh, few months a few weeks to you okay. is is doing a ted talk and we'll focus on that very specifically but meanwhile go ahead and share with the audience how they can get in touch with you and your and your bride and your and your and your partner okay. in life well a couple of ways uh one is uh through our website which is called path like walking on a path to to best self path to best self.com or just calling us 404-949-9500 and we're as i said we're here in buckhead we're up at uh lennox point and in buford highway right there at the corner and you know, pretty pretty good access for people and pretty convenient. Well, I'm sure there'll be some folks stopping by. But again, appreciate you being part of our show today and being sure. part of the Buckhead Business Show and so forth. Delighted. So glad to have you with us. And uh, now let's just take a moment and uh, focus on what really I think is the most fun part because mm-hmm. current experiences are always good for the audience to uh, to realize that everything is possible. Uh, taking a little bit of purposeful and mindfulness. And a few months ago, or maybe a little bit longer, you were asked to put together a TED Talk. So what I want to do is kind of go through that structure of what you and your wife uh, were able to put together and and how you were able to present yourself in a stage. And I think you did it on behalf of a a local university here. So Mm -hmm. kind of share some of that experience, uh, the good and the uh, maybe not so good, but also the result of what you've seen over the last couple of months. Well, thank you. Thank you for that opportunity. It was really fun, and it was really exciting. It also was very nerve-wracking, and it also involved a lot of work. Uh, we were told that it'd probably take about 40 to 50 hours of preparation, and indeed it did. And since we actually presented together, of course, we had to choreograph everything uh, uh, exactly. So with a lot of practice, we were able to do our talk, which we called Diffusing Stress with Mindful Mojo. <clears throat> and so now it's, it's finally up on, the, uh, on YouTube. But that said... You know, we felt very passionately that we wanted to tell both our personal story and our professional story and how it can impact different groups from, you know, students to corporate to relationships to cancer patients, uh, being able to, to share that. And we were honored and asked to do this. And uh, we were told that one of the, the, the big reasons was because of community impact. And that was that we had started the mindfulness program at Chapman Cancer Wellness Piedmont 11 years ago uh, for cancer patients and their families. And we also have worked with executives. So there was an impact in corporate America over the last few decades. So, you know, again, we were honored to, to be able to do this. And, you know, that, that uh, whole idea of TED Talks is uh, the premise is ideas worth spreading. Mm-hmm. So they thought that 
this was a good idea uh, to spread and to be able to maybe have an effect on the world. But, you know, we were we were really tickled. We were excited. We got up there that day. We were, we, we had the, the game face on and <laughs> and uh, the game in the game day jitters and all of that. But afterwards, we were really relieved. And we've gotten very good, positive feedback. And people say, well, you know, I want to send this to my sister in India who's going through this loss or you know, I have a brother over here that listened to your TED Talk. And, you know, these sorts of things uh, are, are, are what we're really after. I mean, we, we, we do a lot of coaching, yes, in, in, with corporate and with other folks and trainings and workshops and all. But really the ultimate thing about all of that is to have an impact. That's, that's our mission. That's our meaning. Sure. Well, let's go ahead and interject that now. You said it is up on TED Talk, so the official name of the talk again is? It's called Diffuse Stress with Mindful Mojo. And so that can be found right at TED.com. You can type that in the search bar. You can do that or just go right on YouTube. Go right on YouTube. And you can probably go to your website and find the link too, right? So Indeed. what's that website again there? That website is uh, path, like walking on a path, pathtobestself.com. Cool. Well, I know that I want to go back now and focus a little bit on that preparation because most people do not understand that theory of how what it's really required to get on that mm-hmm. stage. Uh, talk about the total experience for you, the good, the bad, and the, uh, and the even better. <laughs> Absolutely. I was waiting on ugly, but it never happened. Uh, yeah, it, you know, again, it just took many hours of prep. But, you know, through a lot of practice and time and effort, uh, we knew that we could th- – this was coming from our core, so it wasn't like we were on a, talking about a topic that was foreign to us. So we were pretty confident, and believe it or not, just practicing our, our own mindfulness practices each and every day helped us to actually be there because, you know, you're walking up on the stage. So here's one of the challenges, Michael, that we had to mentally work with, and that is that, you know, if you're doing, a, for example, a corporate training – you know, if you mess up, you say, okay, let me hang on a minute. This is what I meant, right? <laughs> or can we, can we do that scene over or whatever if you're videoing? Uh, but this, you know, you get one take, and you've got to do it skillfully. you got to do it near perfect, right? Uh, and so there was, there was pressure with that, right, to be really frank with you. But, you know, we just realized, hey, this is where the benefits of this come into play because you're actually present there not with – Oh my gosh! What if I mess up? All right. <laughs> well, you—I think you demonstrated mindfulness. Is that what you, the point you're I trying tried, to get we to? We tried to. We tried to. <laughs> I, and, I, and I know that as you say choreographed on the stage. Not many TED talks are duo talks. Correct. So many people have an advantage on you. So you really had to go up one in gamesmanship to pull that off. So absolutely, fifty hours of preparation seems like you got off light. We got off light, <laughs> Michael. And, and and what's more, um, it is it is easier in some ways if you do it by yourself. Like Angela, now if we do, you know, if we're doing coaching or, or trainings on our own, it's one thing. But I'm more of a meanderer. See, I can go way over here and come back here, and Angela stays on task. Well, it was made very clear to me, and you, you've met Angela, <laughs> made very clear to me that I will stay on task. That's right. And, uh, I, saw that, I saw that choke chain. Saw, <laughs> it's, it's in, they've edited it out now, but it was there. Didn't think it was visible. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, great, great. That's well, right. well, you know, you, you, you talk about the great experience. You talk about the opportunity. I know that that, that crowd, because I, I know TED Talks are yeah. kind of a, um, a, a herd affair, because you've got a bunch of other speakers, and they all have uh, – 
high levels of energy. Mm-hmm. They've all prepared. And so talk about the real experience of participating in that day, that, that those was, few hours. It was really neat. And there was a whole lot of different uh, speakers, uh, uh, you know, of all kinds of backgrounds and all kinds of topics. And, you know, basically trying to make the world a better place is essentially what what it's all about. And uh, we knew that in order to, to captivate and have a good message, we had to use a lot of different um, modes or a lot of means to use. And so, you know, one of the things we did was we did inject humor. Uh, and we were talking about the mind, for example, at one point. And um, so I was talking about how you can't believe everything that you initially think. And I went into this thing where I said, and I often do this, um, I've been up here speaking, so that means I spoke. And if I said something funny, that would be a joke. And the sound that a frog makes is a croak. And the white of an egg is a and people will almost always say yoke, or at least they think it. And the point of that is that the mind is easily seduced into patterns and can be tricked. So, so we use some things like humor uh, and, and, and word plays. And, but, but also, you know, we shared very deeply personal uh, things, uh, tragedies that have occurred in our family. And um, so I, I, I think when you do something like that, it impacts people because they can identify with, you know, having had losses and have, you know, how do you overcome that? Sure. Wow. Well, I didn't re- didn't realize how uh, how those fifty hours could re- re- relate down to fifteen minutes. So, <laughs> well, today we've been uh, we've certainly learned a lot about mindfulness. We've learned that there are multiple ways to begin to learn things. We, you can learn them from an expert or you can learn them from a book, but mm-hmm. moreover, you can learn them from a TED Talk. So, we're going to circle back around here and talk about the ways people can get the benefit of being very mindful. So been here with Dennis Buttermer today, and uh, we've, we've referenced his wife, who's his partner in crime as well as his partner in mindfulness. <laughs> she has taught him to dance well. They've done that on a TED Talk here at Georgia State University, where you can see online or, on, or, or just right on YouTube. Uh, we've also seen the book, the book Calm, which has got a bunch of chapters, and we've talked about a couple of those today. We've also learned about what color the yolk of an egg is. Which <laughs> remember, it's albumin. If, if it's anybody albumin, ever asked you that yeah. again, well, that's one of those science questions. Okay. So we're all into the fact. So, Dennis, wrap up one more time here and share with us how we get in touch with you and your and your bride. Easy to do. Uh, pick up the phone four zero four nine four nine ninety five hundred. And and or uh, you can call us. Uh, or excuse that me, was you could, calling. That was calling. <laughs> that That's was, right. Let me be mindful here a minute. Uh, I got to practice this stuff. Uh, so on on the web is www.pathtobestself.com. P a t h t o s e l f dot com. I knew that was going to be too long of a thing to spell. It's it's a long it's a long word. But Dennis, we appreciate you being here today. We've been Thank brought you, to you by the Buckhead Business Association. This is the Buckhead Business Show. I'm your host, Michael Moore. We're out here looking over the billion dollar view of Buckhead, and we look forward to seeing you out there in a very mindful manner as you walk down our streets. <laughs> Thank Thanks you so for being with us, Dennis. Thank you for joining us and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of the Buckhead Business Show. Brought to you by the Buckhead Business Association.